Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jana Krishnan. I am your host and today is yet another episode in our Daily Story series. If you've been following the series, you know that uh, this is a new series that we launched mainly to get people non-lawyers on the podcast to speak about certain losses that they had or uh, certain decisions that they made that probably was not so conducive to their business or their lives because they were not aware of the legalities or they did not know whom to go to seek such information and so on. I wanted to have these conversations out in the open so that we all realize what our risks are and uh, what are the things that we can do to avoid making these mistakes in our own lives uh, and in our own businesses. To that end, we have a fantastic guest with us today, somebody I really admire and someone I really, I really like as a person, like who she stands for. I am very happy to welcome Sneha, Sneha Arvind on the podcast. Sneha is a mindfulness practitioner and a coach and she helps people make mindfulness their first habit. I can attest to it because I am actually Sneha's client in this regard and I um, I keep telling her how much she has helped me uh, and she will help, I'm sure, any of you who want to, uh, who want to get connected with Sneha. But... Uh, just to go back to her, Sneha is a chartered accountant by profession. She was working with Capgemini, a large IT company, where she sought to leverage her financial knowledge for the IT sector. Though she enjoyed the intellectual challenge of her job, uh, she probably felt that you know she knew somewhere that she didn't fit in <clears throat> over there. She's always been spiritually inclined, having been introduced to and encouraged in spirituality by her mother. In 2019, Sneha was fighting depression after the loss of a loved one. And one of the major contributors that helped her overcome this loss was a 10-minute daily meditation and yoga practice that she kept up despite everything else that was going on in her life. Uh, when she saw the advantages that meditation had on her, she decided to make it part of her lifestyle. She did a yoga teacher's training course. Uh, she uh, she went uh, for Vipassana meditation and since then she has not let go of the meditation practice that has helped us stay grounded and connected. She saw how meditation and mindfulness changed her life and helped her grow in every single situation and decided to bloom like a lotus. She decided uh, to start her own venture in this field called Arvinda and uh, she started it during the peak of COVID but she's now here having a fantastic response to Arvinda. I know I can attest to it personally. Uh, Sneha, welcome, welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Jenna, for such a heartwarming introduction. And most importantly, for having me on your podcast. It really means a lot. Uh, to but thank you. I know we have had conversations offline, uh, which is what led to this. Yeah. This, uh, you know, discussing about you coming on the podcast because you have so much to say, which I think is so relatable to so many people, especially all the experiences that you've gone through in your personal life and in business. So it's amazing because you are the perfect representation. Like the Daily Lawyer, I started Daily Lawyer as to be like an umbrella for people, you know, when they when there's a rainy day and they can they need to get protected in either their business or in personal life. And you actually represent both. So I'm excited to get into this conversation. Before we jump into the meat of the podcast, I want to ask you, can you just take everyone through your story a little bit? Uh, what is it that you do for a living? How did you get here? Um, okay, so firstly, as you rightly said, I'm a chartered accountant by qualification and I was working in the corporate for almost seven to eight years post my qualification. And uh, but I always was inclined towards the working of the human mind uh, because, you know, what impacts our decision making? How is our behavior uh, influenced by people around us or by our upbringing, our belief systems, etc.? Uh, that's something which would always interest me. And uh, in 2019, when I was going through the borderline depression, I came across a practice called Vipassana. Uh, and I was very intrigued by it because, uh, and it was during these 10 days of Vipassana practice where you're completely cut out 
from the world where you cannot talk to even the co-meditators at the Vipassana Center. I not I experienced myself the importance of being mindful, being in the present moment and meditation. It helped me connect with my inner self and it made me realize that how powerful my mind is. Uh, so that's when I decided that, you know, if I can do it, everybody can do it because uh, no matter caste, religion, uh, sex, age, each one of us has different challenges in life. And, you know, uh, knowingly or unknowingly, we kind of end up uh, being succumbed to these challenges, but the power lies within us to overcome them. So I was like, if I can do it, definitely everybody else can do it. And that kind of motivated me to uh, switch my full-time corporate job from being a CA to a mindfulness coach, wherein I assist people towards building mindfulness, their first habit, how they can bring small, tiny little changes in their everyday life and become mindful and see how it transforms their life. And so, yeah, this is in a nutshell uh, that what I do currently as a mindfulness coach and I practice this coaching under the name of Arvinda. And although I am based in Mumbai, but uh, my working is, majority of my working is online. So, which means people from any part of the world can still, you know, uh, access. access, yeah. Yeah, and, and I know also for a fact that you not only work with adults, but also kids, because yes. my my own daughter is is your client, I think, and she loves you as you already know. So Sneha, um, I want to just sort of take you a little back because we want to. Uh, you did mention that you were you were fighting depression, and I want to. Uh, can you speak about what is it that what happened in your in your personal life that led you to that point, and at that time, sort of you know, what were the challenges that you were personally facing? Um, so what happened was in 2018, uh, just six months after my marriage, I lost my husband. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, when in Hindi, there's a dialogue, it was that feeling for me, uh, because it was a very sudden death. It was an accidental death. Uh, so you're not prepared for it, right? I mean, somewhere you know that you're, you're going to die one day, your loved ones are going to die, but you know, you're not prepared for that uh, unless you're seeing somebody ailing. And that was uh, a huge traumatic shock for me uh, because, you know, you have just started a new life and you are planning for the future. You have certain vision, you have certain goals in life to accomplish together as a couple and all of these things that you can think of and all of a sudden, the next one fine morning, you get a call and the whole reality for you has changed. And so that was the most traumatic incident that happened. Uh, and during this grieving process, uh, you know, unfortunately, in our society, we don't openly talk about grief, which is, again, one of the things that I really want to encourage through Arvinda to normalize conversations about. Absolutely. Because, you know, when people grieve, either people don't know how to respond, how to, uh, what to say, what not yes, to say yes. to people who are grieving, or uh, they just avoid talking about it. Or if you see somebody crying, you're like, oh, don't cry, don't yes. cry, this has happened. But, you know, sometimes it's yeah. important to talk about these things, to talk about these difficult emotions. And during that grieving process, I realized that it had affected I was affected not just by his loss, but all the trauma, all the shock that I had when I lost my mom at a young age came gushing to me like a tsunami. Because, you know, when mom's uh, demise had happened, I was just, I had just cleared my 10th uh, examinations. And, you know, I was on this role of focusing on my career, studies, getting into a good college and all of these things. So that time I didn't get enough time to process that. And now all of a sudden it came on to me. And human mind is such that, uh, you know, you can't have a control on your thoughts or emotions. But however, you do have a control That's of true. how you respond to them. Yes. But now you have to learn how to respond, right? So that 
is that was the duration in 2019 which was really difficult for me it affect so i didn't realize that it is actually a borderline depression until i went and saw a doctor or therapist uh because you know you kind of uh again there because there is no acceptance in the society there is no normalization about these conversations so you kind of brush it under the carpet oh you know probably you just have mood swings or probably it's just in your all in your mind but uh, it starts showing, it starts surfacing in your physical body. So that's when I had to help. And then I decided that I cannot uh, let be a victim of this. I cannot uh, be always on medication for the rest of my life. It's just one phase of my life. So that's when I leaned on spirituality yet again, leaned on meditation, leaned on, uh, you know, taking care of myself in a holistic way yeah. so yeah yeah it's really hard what you've gone through honestly i can i can relate intellectually to what you are saying of course i cannot relate it to the emotional level but uh, we like you rightly said we have all had everybody has had some amount of challenges i have also had uh, in the recent past a different way a different manner where you know i felt like the carpet is uh, pulled under my feet to to just translate what you said um but Sneha you know in terms of the next step right when we're talking about legalities for example we know that your husband was working uh you were working at the time and you know of course dealing with it at a personal level is something that you took care of it yourself by doing all of the meditation and the mindfulness practices but there is the external also that you have to see and that time your brain is like frozen because you were like i i have to deal with this mess first you know forget yeah. the outside mess but everything is time bound so what are some of the challenges that you faced like you know outside of this body and the that the the mess you're dealing with inside of yourself what is it that you faced on the outside what are some of the challenges that you faced on the outside uh and then okay i'll ask you the next question then um so as you rightly said right when you are going through a difficult phase or a traumatic phase in your life you are so uh, you know unknowingly into your head because you're kind of trying to process it and at the same time trying to do the things in your normal day-to-day -day life which you could have done otherwise or sometimes you're struggling to do that um, I think there are certain other things which needs attention but because of all these things we kind of overlook them uh, so in my case, because it was an accidental uh, death, the process was completely different because, you know, he was working, uh, I was working and it was all of a sudden and it was just six months into our marriage. So, you know, all these formalities, we were just in the process of, you know, the name change, the changing of the address and all these formalities that you do after marriage. And we were just in the process of doing all of that and we didn't get time earlier because you know both of us kept traveling because of work so we're like okay we'll do it eventually uh but because this happened suddenly uh it kind of you know one thing that i would say that because there was not information was not easily available as to what is the process in such cases it was a bit of a challenge but thankfully, because I'm surrounded by uh, people in legal profession and um, CA profession and all of that, it was easier for me. I had people who were taking care of this. So, you know, that was the backbone for me. But I know certain instances, I know some people who had no support system had a similar situation, but they didn't know what to do. And because of lack of uh, awareness, lack of knowledge, uh, they just lost what they were entitled to. For example, uh, there is a life insurance that is available on a credit card. And it depends on which credit card you have, what is the limit of your credit and different other, you know, terms and conditions, which uh, I wasn't aware until that time. Of course, I had read about it, but never took it so seriously. So, like, you know, such small, small things or whether in case if, you know, if you are a married couple and if there's an accidental death whether the spouse what all is the spouse uh, eligible for or if it's an accidental death and the person is single not married what all is their family entitled for or eligible for so you know 
that kind of awareness is not easily uh, available for people as what i have seen or i have experienced around me so that was i think the major challenge because you're already going through a lot on a personal front so this you know kind of takes a back seat because you know you have to go through the whole process of understanding the becoming aware of the process understanding the process and then actually implementing it and it's you know then again a lot of people are involved in the whole process so it kind of becomes very chaotic yeah that's true i can just intellectually again understand about how it, it would have been not knowing what to do and not seeing the papers and in your case i know that you were both working in the same organization yeah so sneha for those who probably don't know what i mean you in in and through this journey you have learned what are the entitlements that you have as a spouse so can you share with the people what what have what have you learned like what are the things that you are entitled to uh in case of an accidental death let's say as a spouse or even the family it's more or less the same i think most importantly in this case uh, where a spouse or the family has to uh, check with the organization what all is was the individual entitled for because it's all mentioned in the employee contract uh, you know we all we tend to focus only on the pf part most of the times and insurance if it's an accidental death uh but there are more components to it so i think most importantly you have to check with the organization there might be chances just like how i had that the organization will not be very clear in the first instance as to what all you are entitled for so you have to do a thorough research from your end and then approach simultaneously approach the organization so that you you know you are well informed that the information that you're receiving is correct information for example if you have registered your spouse or even if you have not registered uh, your spouse in your company records but you have a you know legal marriage certificate still your spouse is entitled to your pf to your edli the insurance amount the pension amount the what do you call it, the balance so one second amount. we should just clarify edli is employee linked insurance employed team yeah. insurance yes yeah yeah so even if you have not registered your spouse in the company records but have a valid marriage certificate that will also help you claim all these components and they or even your gratuity for that matter if you are if you are eligible for that so i think it's very important for people who are claiming this to be to have some basic awareness about it and unfortunately uh, you know a lot of times people they don't have that awareness uh, until they are into that profession or they have uh, educated themselves so this is all in terms of the office like the uh, in uh, within the sort of corporate structure right where you say yes. you have pf you have insurance you have you get if you are eligible for gratuity uh you also have pension yes. uh and then what about the salary you know the salary that the 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 person had to earn let's say yes. uh for that particular month or is there anything is there any like they give you extra salary is there anything no like so they don't give you extra salary however they give you the salary the uh, i forgot the term but it's the settlement uh, that they make the full and final settlement yeah they make which includes uh, the salary and the leaves if they were not availed so you can encash those leaves so again you know because i was working in the same organization that uh, came to my rescue that i was able to validate the workings of all these uh, components that we were entitled to uh, but unfortunately i have seen instances where uh, you know there have been incorrect workings uh because of which there is a difference in the compensation that the yeah. yeah so when you say working you actually mean calculation that is done by the hr yes. department yes yes yeah because That's... it's because uh, errors are bound to happen and it's always good to validate where is that amount how is that amount derived 
you know because anybody could say a random amount and because you are not in that headspace you have to be even though you know you have to be practical but somewhere you're not in that headspace you kind of also start thinking oh the person is no more what is the point in having the money you know you that emotional part kind of starts taking over but you have to think from a logical from a practical perspective so you have to also see that the workings are derived correctly so this one this is all under the corporate structure but outside of the corporate structure outside of the work what else would you think like for example many of us take term life insurance or or many of us take some other type of insurance for instance yeah. uh, if you are driving a vehicle there's a car insurance yeah. the vehicle insurance which has a separate amount for death um you mentioned about the credit card so what are the other things that you've probably come across which is available to you as a spouse or the family uh one is jena one is the credit card as i mentioned earlier and also uh, check how many credit cards the person has what kind of credit cards and check with the bank again you have to be behind their back to keep responding because they don't most of the times it's taken very lightly um i don't want to name specifically but yes that's what our experience has been um so check for the credit cards as you rightly said insurance so if it's an accidental death you were uh, you know driving your vehicle check which insurance what is the eligibility how much is the sum insured in such cases and uh some cases there is a period between which within which you have to you know file that claim so you need to be very sure of that you don't cross that validity period otherwise you are, there's a high possibility you might just miss out on that and in case of uh, these accidental deaths if there is any legal case that's happening whether it's in the tribunal court or any other court for that matter uh, so ensure that that is also processing at the correct in the correct way and you are getting what you are entitled to because there is a basic amount that you receive in such case for me to be very honest i had zero knowledge about how the courts will work how these cases will run but because i had people from the legal uh, background in my family so that's what came to my rescue because you mentioned about the legal case maya there's one more thing i want to ask you here uh, there is sometimes the option of giving an interim compensation at which will be sort of adjusted in the final amount yeah so is that something that uh, you uh, you know you would advise people to claim as well because there are people, if you don't claim it you, you know when you are filing your papers you claim an interim compensation till the case is decided is that something that you have experienced i think in that case i i would suggest that take some legal advice because it will be different for every okay it will be very subjective for every individual so you know again in that case go reach out to people in the legal field there is nothing wrong you don't have to be scared of people are there in the legal field to help you that's why they are there yes thank you you spoke to my heart because that's true we were i was no no, no i can totally relate to it because jena you know what i used to be so scared about people in the legal fraternity because of the picture that bollywood has painted for us and i always used to think oh my god if you are talking to a lawyer or if you are approaching a lawyer for something it means it's definitely some mishap that has happened and some locha that has happened because of which you need a lawyer but it's not the case they are genuinely out there to help you to rescue you in whatever difficult situations you are in and to be very honest a common it's very difficult for a common man to know about all the rights they have right so there's no harm in reaching to a professional who is aware who knows who can educate you so true sneha you spoke to my heart again you gave me a beautiful segue to say why why i started daily lawyer because i have faced this you know i used to really pain me because people would not ask me or telling why don't you ask and at least like i know you have somebody in the family i am in my own family but then of course uh, you know people who know you ask but then they'll come to you at the last after yes. everything is done they'll come to you because they're like oh 
so anyway i'm really i'm really glad you brought that up um uh, in terms of getting legal help i don't know whether you had this challenge because you have people in the family but what would you say was your biggest challenge uh getting legal help or with lawyers um so you know one thing is if you are experiencing something that i experienced uh the news spreads out very fast uh so there will be lawyers who will come and approach you so you know um and because your judgment is clouded at that point in time uh it's very natural that you might end up taking a wrong decision so i suggest you know to seek out legal help from a person whom you can trust don't just go by oh you know there are two lawyers who have approached me so and you know they'll of course you find it difficult to you know make that judgment in that moment so take advice from people who have experience um and work with the legal advisor who you can trust with all the information i think that's one of the biggest challenge because we are scared to approach legal people in the legal fraternity because of which whatever comes our way whoever comes in front of us approaches us first we kind of hold on to it right so i think educate yourself do your own research and then take a decision that's very good advice now we i think i have possibly covered everything that i want to cover and oh no i want to ask you one last question because you mentioned about the difficulty that you had a little bit not just you you had but i am sure other people have in terms of getting all this information you know what yeah. are your uh, what is it that you are entitled to and so on so uh, what is it that you would like to see first of all do you believe that this information is readily available a and if you believe that no it's not that readily available then what is it that you would like to see in the world of the internet easily accessible uh, where you can get information like this let's say um so you know today information is available out there but it's all scattered it's not structured like as i said that even though i was in the same organization i knew which components we were entitled to but to uh, you know follow that whole process there were so many third parties involved and we had a really tough time uh, you know coordinating with the organization wherein me and my husband both of us were working for so long with the third parties who were involved in this whole process with the government offices who were involved in pf and pension and everything it took us four years to clear all these components and so had even though we had people who knew the process from the beginning who knew which forms to fill which documents to submit we knew everything everything was in place but still for xyz reasons the process just kept taking longer and longer uh, so i think what i would love to see or i wish to see uh, is you know a platform where the information is structured so say for example if it's an accidental death you know what are the components or entitled for if it's some other if it's an related to illness what other components were entitled for so you know a platform which has structured information and at the same time you have a uh, professionals who will guide you uh, maybe not end to end but guide you as because everybody's case will be different right so a professional who will guide you depending on what your case is so that will give you a whole picture of how the process would look like what are the requirements and you know how long probably an approximate estimation of the time that it will take and yeah so you know like for example even in case of uh, filing up the forms and all we knew these are the websites the government websites that we need to go and fill the form and all of that but it kept changing the forms had changed a couple of times in the process and because there was a delay from their end we had to keep refiling again and again and again so the the Sub, uh, the supporting documents change the fields in the forms change everything changes right more or less although it's the same but you have to go through that whole time consuming process again and again and imagine the mental trauma you go through because you know it might seem sound lame but you are going through the same documentation of the deceased again and again and again 
because it's not at all lame it's quite uh, it's something that we must i hope we can all work together and band together as a fraternity to come up with a solution for this because like you we so many such people will be there who ha- who have to do this on a daily basis for yeah. for you even when it comes to property right like you have yeah. you know that is a whole different challenge if you have to change the names in property and so on so yeah i mean I, even one thing uh, i'll just add your see in our case because we are uh, you know we have that background uh, we have that information we have that knowledge so it's comparatively the challenges are less uh, but imagine for people who are of our parents generation there are so many things they are not tech savvy not everybody is as tech savvy and we have to accept it whether we like it or not right and because of it because of all these changes they don't know if something of this sort happens to their kids or anybody around them or even their spouse for that matter what to do what all are they entitled for and i'm saying this with a lot of pain in my heart because i have seen few people in my organization wherein their families did not get what they were eligible for how sad yeah and that also a large organization which is very well known has good processes so you yes. know like it uh, could be because of various reasons because yes. of probably delay from the organization delay from the government whatever it is but the family did not get what they were eligible for how sad i hope we can do something and even through daily lawyer i hope we can do something in terms of putting the information yes. out there at least because i think yeah. information is really powerful once you start speaking yeah. and we have these conversations like this out yes. uh, then people because sneha what you rightly said was you also you are a ca but you yourself had a very negative view of lawyers they are actually sister professions exactly and we are exactly. codependent on each other but you yourself had this and i and i'm sure this is common amongst everybody yeah absolutely so it's important to have these conversations and i'm really uh, grateful and very proud of you to come up and like really speak very openly about all of these things and i know that it's not easy but i'm really glad that you took the uh, decision to do it so thank you thank you Now, so much uh, jena for giving me this opportunity to share this because i i hope it helps uh, people uh, who might be facing this uh, a similar situation or who knows somebody who is going through this you know because there is lack of structured information there's lack of structured information i think yeah. in every aspect of anything to do with law yes that's that's actually the it's true so sneha now uh, i we spoke about 2019 everything that you went through but 2020 was a new phase not just because covid hit but because you like transformed into something completely different from what you were uh, so can you talk to me a little bit about you did mention about arvinda and everything but today you are an entrepreneur and as an entrepreneur what would you say uh, are your three top priority items um so you know as an entrepreneur uh, most and because i belong to a service industry service industry not a product industry uh, my top most priority is to give value to my customers to my clients to add value uh, in the services that they avail to from arvinda and uh, the second one is to maintain transparency in my business you know because even though you are an entrepreneur uh, you know because sometimes we tend to take it uh, for granted you you know because i am the owner so i am entitled to do anything and all of those uh, thoughts but being an entrepreneur it's equally uh, difficult for you to main manage everything like you know you are taking care of the core business you are doing the finance you're doing the marketing you're doing the admin things and there are so many other things that you're doing so it's very easy for you to lose track about the business and the third most important uh, thing for me is uh, documentation because uh, you know as i mentioned that you tend to get lost and i feel documentation is really important because be it finance be it your strategy be it your 
even your standard operating procedures like you know if you have certain tasks which are repetitive in nature you can have an sop in place which will ease off the burden from you and i think these are the top three priorities as a business owner or as an entrepreneur for me lovely it's the priorities to have clearly your uh, educational uh, sort of experience and the the fact that you worked in a large organization with a lot of process i'm sure will informs a little bit of this decision but i want to uh, break or rather focus a little bit more on the documentation angle you did yes i you know in terms of internal documentation to keep to maintain the the transparency that you mentioned was all right when you said that um uh, whether it is the sops whether it is your strategy whether it is uh, thoughts however you want to organize all of that but in terms of any sort of external documentation why do you think that having any kind of documentation is important so as i said right uh, having the transparency in your business is very important because uh, whether you are an entrepreneur or you are running a company you have a team working under you um you know it's important to keep reminding yourself of the vision the goals the mission of your company of your business and uh, at the same time it's important for you as the business owner to know where your business stands be it financially be it in terms of what strategy you are opting be it in terms of how it is performing overall because i'm sure today most of the business have social media presence in some form or the other and it requires hell lot of effort to be there on social media and you, you know it for yourself right and so after putting in so much of efforts where do you stand it has to have some value add some value right so i think documentation that's where in my opinion documentation is really important because it gives you a 360 degree view of where you stand in different aspects in your business and at the same time if you have investors it helps build confidence and clients your customers have confidence in you if you have that transparency and the only way you can be transparent is when you have all the information i mean i still have i maintain an attendance register for my clients it might so, so once when i share it with my client that you know hey this these are the number of sessions that you've done with me and these are the number of sessions that that are still pending and she's like oh how do you know i'm like oh i have an excel for that so that you don't miss out on to any session and i have this attendance register from day 1 from 2020 when i started till today i have the attendance register that also builds confidence trust between the clients absolutely what about um of course you it builds confidence and trust between the clients in terms of all of this that you've done but also when it also helps you be very clear like your communication with your expectations i mean their expectations of you uh, in terms of having it in a contract or what are the things that they cannot come after you for for instance you know refunds i i know we discussed this offline yes. refunds yes. Uh, or i mean of course you have an attendance register but you know there is this thing that wise oh, i, I i i was supposed to come at 8:45 i came at 9 or i cancel last minute and so i think it also helps to set expectations very clearly yes. and one yes. thing we are all as human beings i think uh, we take things a lot more seriously if it is written down yeah we are, like orally no because we all know that there is not you know that we are not living in times where our, the that mera bachan hi hai shasan and all that we, yeah. we are not living in those times but yeah and i mean our brain is such a powerful tool so why not use it the right way instead of using it just to store information you have you have technology now just make optimum use of the technology to store all the information right that's a very good point you know sneha because it's not just why only put it in your mind but then put it down because that, that yeah. not only helps you being more organized and transparent but also it sets these expectations very communicates very clearly to out to the whether it's your clients whether it's investors whoever yeah. it is that you uh, want to talk to it sets that very clearly so that's a really good point um what do you think is the biggest mistake that people make when they are starting a business or they are running a business in your in your experience what are some of the biggest mistakes you have seen people make or you have made it yourself and you like don't want others to make okay i think uh, 
the I'll speak about the mistake that I made uh, to take clear communication for granted. I mean, especially when you are in female entrepreneur, uh, you know, you find it difficult to communicate. This is what my work structure is, or this is what my, uh, you know, working style is, or even say, for example, asking for fees or communicating, oh, these are my fees if it's a service-based industry. Um, so I think that's one of the mistakes that I made because, uh, you know, you had earlier mentioned about somebody having an 8.30 session and joining in at 9. So these are some instances which I had actually uh, experienced wherein, you know, uh, what, so I'll share a couple of instances where I made mistakes and learned from them. Uh, so one was I had put it out, uh, I had not put out, in fact, it, in the initial phase about these rules that, you know, oh, if it's an eight o'clock session, you're supposed to join within 15 minutes. If you don't join, you know, it's cancelled and all of that. Uh, so, so this particular client, I don't want to name uh, the client, of course, uh, had registered for a month-long program. So in my month-long program, we have 14 sessions for an hour. And uh, for certain reasons, the client was not able to complete all the 14 sessions. There were few sessions that were left. I'm like, okay, you know, there are unforeseen situations. I'm like, okay, we'll do it uh, once everything is settled in your end. But it so happened the client never came back to me. And the client came back to me after five to six months and was like, oh, you know, now let's resume. And I'm like, you cannot just, you know, in January, you are signing up for a program and in say June, July, you're coming to me and you're like, oh, let's do what, where we left. You know, there is some code of ethics that you need to follow, some work ethics that you need to follow. And I had, as I, because I maintained the attendance register, I, I showed it to my client that, you know, see, these are the number of sessions that you did. These are the number of sessions that were not done, but six months is a long gap. But I realized that it was my mistake that I did not mention it anywhere the validity of these 14 sessions has to be with, with how much period or how many number of days you can avail these sessions. Um, I had heard some hurtful remarks and all of that from the client, but again, I realized it was something that I had to put it out there because in my mind, I had assumed that, you know, oh, people value time, so they will stick, they will adhere to the timeline, they'll adhere to the time and all of that. And a lot of times I have experienced, Jenna, that, if it's a uh, say nine o'clock, nine p.m. session, so uh, which means I'm blocking my calendar for you guys. I'm leaving everything aside and blocking my calendar. I'm leaving my other clients and blocking it for you. And people don't turn up. And these are personal sessions I'm speaking about. So which means I have blocked the calendar for one single person. Putting everybody else aside, and the people they don't turn up. So you know. So these were, this was one of the challenge that I faced initially and I realized that, you know, I need to be very particular with the terms and conditions of the session because, you know, sometimes or they'll join in at 9.15 and then you're expected to do till 10.15. But what about if I have another session at 10 o'clock, a following session? So everything goes for a toss, right? And there was another instance where then I learned from that I made the rules, I added the terms and conditions, I communicated it whenever people used to sign up. But then this time, one person uh, seemed to make an impulsive decision of buying my program on my website. And within one hour of registering, that person was harassing me to refund the money. Yeah. Because it was the decision that the person had taken was an error that's what i was told oh and i'm like but it's written out there that once you've made the payment once you've purchased the course you cannot you not get the refund because you have to make an informed decision or you have a word with you right try to understand let's have a chat before you make the purchase any program for that matter i'm there to communicate i'm there to talk to you and that was i think one challenging situation for me where i kept getting these messages time and again for the refund um, to the extent that I actually thought that should I seek some legal help because you know uh, I also try to uh, make the person understand that you know whatever the reasons are for you because of which you think it's an impulsive decision let's 
now that since you've already purchased let's get on the session try to understand maybe it's something to do that you need to work on let's do it and i would religiously wait at the blocked time the person had chosen and i would religiously wait i did that for i think 10 days the person did not turn up oh so you did conduct you did show up for the session and they, that that person did yes. block a session slot yes Oh, yes, so the person purchased the session, blocked my calendar, and then wanted a refund. Despite all of this chaotic discussion, I told the person that okay, you know, you know, sometimes we are so much in our head, we end up having these conversations, and later we realize, oh, we shouldn't have done that. So I kind of gave that benefit of doubt to the person that maybe the person is going through something. So you know, let me just have a word. You know, you how much can you chat in messages? It's always better to have uh, communication face to face virtually. and i told the person that hey listen you've already blocked my calendar at least come for one call let us have one call and see why this behavior is coming up for you and the person never turned up and just kept asking for refund and i think that was the wake up call for me to put down the terms and conditions to the t as transparent as i can because you know i felt that how can i say that you know if you don't join in 10 minutes i will not you know i'll disconnect or these things because sometimes you get late and this and that but i was like no i think if these are the kind of experiences i keep getting i need to be very vocal about my terms and conditions absolutely and i'm happy that you're bringing this up because so many people may be facing this in yes. whichever other uh, profession uh, professions or situations that they are in and they probably don't know especially as women i think we are very scared yes. of being assertive in this way you know like i'm sorry take it or leave it that way yeah. um and to final question to just close up this section sneha what would you say are the pain points that you face in your profession uh not from a business angle also but also from a legal compliance documentation angle uh i think again in this case so when i was starting my business i was googling out with no what are the legal procedures any legal procedures if i need to follow anything else and i need to you know in terms of registration and all of that of course my education background did help me a lot but there are people who don't know right um so and sometimes you are just starting out your business and you want to see how it goes and then take a decision so i think in that case what pain points i faced was uh, there was lack of structured information on a platform and see in again you might get the information but you know it always helps if there's a human touch to it by that what i mean is if there's somebody to guide you to assist you with respect to the challenges or with respect to what business you are in right today the coaching business that i am in will have different requirements somebody who is into some other business say even uh, you know financial services business for that matter will have some other requirements so i think having structured information structured documentation also with a human touch was one of the biggest pain points for me um i i'd like to share one more uh, scenario here so when i started with arvinda uh you know a lot of people said oh you know you're just starting it as a hobby all what women you're right and i was like no i am not starting it as a hobby it's like a legit business it's a legit venture and i wanted to register my logo register the name and everything and information was out there on the internet i not deny that but um i struggled with assistance uh i managed to get some reference of someone who would do the registration for me and all of that but i did not have a good experience with the person because um there was lack of communication uh the communication was not transparent until today uh my application for registration is still pending so i think that human touch with yeah. structure documentation and information is something that i think will help a lot of entrepreneurs uh... yeah i think one of the things that i have i'm consistently seeing i have also faced because i was a like a legal counsel so a litigant for the court system is finding good lawyers finding yeah. good legal help good agents to help you for registration like i know that it is a real problem 
hopefully we will be able to do something with it with the kind of plans that we have but at the moment yeah i see that that is a pain more not just for you but even for me uh, despite all the advantages that i have so i mean we, like for example i'm sorry no no go on go on of course I mean, see, earlier, you know, uh, even when it comes to doctors, we would just go by word of mouth what people are saying. But today we have platforms like Practo and where you have customers. Of course, there will be cases where you don't have good experiences. But most of the times I've seen, if you go by the, you have, a, at least you have a platform where you can see it's like a yellow pages for doctors, right? So it comes in, it is so helpful. You can read the reviews, you know, at least you are able to take an informed decision, right? You spoke to my heart. Hopefully, with God willing, all that will happen. Definitely, uh, definitely. So we finished the main sort of meat of the podcast, but the last section is something I do for myself more than anything else because I love hearing the answers that people give. So it's called five, four, three, two, one. Like I ask you five of something, four of something, three okay. of something, like that. Okay. So five productivity tips or routines or apps or things that have helped you um i don't know if it comes to five but i'll share the productivity tips that have helped me is uh i like to break down bigger tasks into smaller actionable items something i learned from this book called atomic habits uh, so what has helped me in the last couple especially in the last couple of years is setting goals for the entire year and then breaking it down into months into weeks and as i said putting in actionable items against these goals and uh, the second thing that helps me is journaling every day uh, journaling like you know a lot of times when i say people that you know i journal and they're like oh, what do you journal about what do you write so i think it's also subjective it's different for every individual like, for example, uh, if I'm working on myself, I could journal about my growth, my self-growth, or if there's some specific habit I need to work on. Like, for example, I had in 2019, when I was going through depression, I used to do a lot of binge eating and emotional eating. It was a result of what I was experiencing. So I had to switch to a healthier, my old way of eating the old habits of eating so i maintained my habit tracker i ensured to journal about it every day what made me eat that junk food, what made me choose a junk item over an healthy item so journaling could be on anything that you want to work on uh, journaling is another one and the next one is ensuring that i am consistent with the habits that i want for the rest of my life, to build that lifestyle for the rest of my life, to be consistent for at least four to five days in a week, which means approximately 70 to 75% of the week. And if that, if you see the compounding effect, it comes to 75% of the days in a year. You have that leeway so that you're not too harsh on yourself. Uh, because when, you're, when we are too harsh on ourselves, I feel I have experienced that productivity goes down because you're spending that uh, time and energy to be so hard on yourself that you kind of forget putting in the efforts that you would have done otherwise. So yeah, these are the main things that help me stay productive. And, and I enjoy writing because it gives me transparency for everything, not just in my business, but even in my life. So yeah. Meditation. Of course, that goes without saying. It it comes to five now. So you've said all five. Okay. <laughs> Four books that you recommend to anyone. Okay. Uh, it's not in the rank of order, uh, but four books that have really helped me in the last two years. First is the one thing which really helps you to understand how to prioritize. Uh, the next is Atomic Habits helps you uh, understand how to build the habits that you want to. Uh, the next one is do epic shit. Uh, it's it's like, you know, you flip through any page and there's something you will learn. We'll just give the uh, authors as well, like do epic shit, as I think Ankur Variko. Yeah. And um, Atomic, Atomic Habits, James Clear. Clear. Uh, and one the one thing, thing is Gary, what's the yeah. yeah. 
I I don't remember the second name. There are two of them, right? But yeah, we'll, there are two authors. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll put it in the description. Description. Yeah. yeah. And the last one is Brief Believe Balance. This one is by Shamal Vallabhji. It is like you are actually speaking to a counselor or a therapist, you know, because it will ask you. It has such questions or such analogies in the book that it will probe you to think from a different perspective. We probe you to introspect. So I think that's a wonderful book, especially for people who want to go to a counselor, but for X Y Z reasons they are not going. I think this is a wonderful book. In it, fact, I had even done an Instagram live with him, which was really uh, insightful conversation. Oh wow, lovely! I haven't read this book, but maybe we should link your Instagram live also now when yeah, we are linking your. Yeah, when we are linking the show notes. Okay, three tips that you would like to give young uh, graduates or students. I know I I share a lot of my pain working with them, but what do you what do you what do you have to say? Um, I think first one is don't hesitate to experiment and take risks. Uh, early in your career. Um, because you know, explore as many options as you can. as many options as you want because as and when you have more responsibilities like it or not there are certain restrictions there um second is even if you are failing when you're experimenting when you're exploring don't take those failures too hard just remember that you know there is definitely something that you learn from every failure also you might not learn it or you might not be able to see it immediately but it's definitely going to teach you something uh and the next one is don't run behind instant gratification because uh i think social media has rewired our brain in such a way that you know we are looking for instant gratification because of which you know we are moving from one career to another career moving like you know we they also struggle with taking decisions because of these instant this feel of gratified being gratified so i think just be a little patient uh, don't run behind instant gratification so you know if uh, so one analogy that i generally share and keep reminding myself also when i tend to get impatient with something is uh, if for example if i have to go from india to say london there is a minimum duration Like that, I will have to take right. There are different modes of commute. There are different modes of transport I can choose. There are different flight options that are available, but I'll choose the fastest flight. But still, I need to take that shortest duration flight also, right? Even if I fly and go, I will require those eight nine hours. So there is no escape to that. Or when during pregnancy, you have to go through those eight nine months. there is no shortcut to it right there is no instant result in either of the cases so it's instant gratification is not going to help you to lead anywhere true very true something we all have to remember as well not yeah. just the youngsters or the not youngsters we are also young but not just the students or the young yeah. graduates okay two life lessons that you have learned in your life so far okay um I have learned two life lessons, uh, but I ended up the second life lesson gave me the third lesson. So I'll share all the three lessons. Uh, first one is uh, mind is your biggest asset. Don't let it turn into a liability. It might seem like a chart accountant language, oh, no. but it's actually uh, the truth. Absolutely. The, um, the second one is love and accept your own self. for the way you are there's always every individual is going through a growth process whether it's a slow growth whether it's a fast growth doesn't matter but if you can't love and accept yourself then it's very unfair when we expect other people to love and accept us for who we are right uh, so once you start doing this second advice or whatever you call it you i learned my third lesson is you have the highest power of making your own self happy you might have the best people in the world the best things in the world 
but if you are not happy if you're not exercising the inner power to be happy it's not going to give you happiness very true so true slowly we are learning these lessons yeah but... because i think it's a learning process for yeah. each one of us in yeah. some way or the other yeah and we have to find our ways to it ourselves yeah uh, because we are i think somewhere also conditioned to blame the external from yes. from the time we are kids so yeah. i think to first of all accept that responsibility itself is difficult and then start working on it but yeah. once you realize there is truly nothing more powerful and transformational than this one realization yeah and last what is the best advice that you have ever received i think the best advice has to be the one i received from my mom which were uh, her last word not technically her last words but just to us before she passed away was uh, you know do not get attached to anything or any situation or even to your own ego for that matter uh because attachment is going to bring you misery but at the same time that doesn't mean that you know you are very detailed like whatever let people do whatever they want be affectionately detached and it is only going to give you joy and happiness not just for yourself but even for people around and it was much later in life jena that i actually understood the meaning of what she said and uh, i just experienced the beauty of shifting from an attitude of attachment to affectionate detachment because you know there's so much of negative uh, thought process or perspective behind this word detachment we think that oh if a person is detached he's selfish uh, but being affectionately detached is something that i realized much later in life in fact i even ended up writing a blog on that on how we can bring that affectionate detachment well, that's okay so that's another thing we'll link is okay. the is the blog and your uh, and your uh, live because i also want to read that book out of the four books three i have read but okay. one i have not so that i will read but okay. uh, when you spoke about affectionate detachment i just want like i think one can also for someone who probably is struggling to understand what is this affectionate detachment really mean maybe it can do you agree that it can also be said as a sort of a lack of judgment like like being involved in life as in being involved in relationships in life but without having judgment or expectations yes. of either the situation or your you know your yeah so um, simple example of i mean if that's what you wanted to lead to uh say for example in friendship or even in uh even between spouses uh you know we are like oh why is this person not doing this or why is this person not accepting me or accepting certain things but if we bring that shift that you know every individual is different and accept them for their differences and still be affectionate towards them and not have not impose the expectations on them will change the dynamics of a relationship in any relationship i think even a parent and a child relationship for that matter very true you know swami chinmayananda chinmayananda says that disappointment comes when you have an appointment with the future so yeah. i think we we probably can substitute the word disappointment with attach like this uh, you know when you talk about attachment you want yeah. that person or that situation to be behave in a particular way yeah so you do have an appointment with the future in the sense that i want that yeah, i want that yeah yeah so very true and i think as humans we can't say oh i do not have a, any expectation i mean come on i i don't know unless you've reached that enlightened state we all have expectations right to some extent but i think taking it too seriously taking it too personally and to your heart i think is where the problems start coming absolutely and also i think these kind of reminders help you process what's happening also because That's each one where of uh, mindfulness comes yes. helps you a lot absolutely. right absolutely mindfulness is what wherein you are aware of the present moment without any judgment just observing life as it is flowing through you right 
so if you are being non judgmental in the moment and we are and you're being an observer you'll be able to observe these things right even you'll be able to observe your own thought processes the patterns the way you are reacting and once you are aware is when you can make a change right yeah exactly so sneha thank you so much it was such a wonderful conversation with you as always but uh, what i really liked is that i think you have given a lot of information uh, and helpful information not just information as in you're sharing your journey but also tips for the for whoever is listening which is very relatable in various areas of our lives not just uh, something that you went through i don't need to necessarily be in your shoes to find what you said being very relevant so thank you again you've been very generous with your time i know you're not feeling well but even then you showed up so i'm really grateful to you and uh, and enjoy so much jena i i'd like to thank you for giving me this opportunity for building this platform where you know we can normalize these conversations change the perspectives change the narratives uh, for common people like us because you know we are influenced by a lot of things which are not relevant in today's time and it takes a lot of efforts to you know do what you are doing so thank you so much for that thank you so much for uh, bringing up this topic so that i was able to share this information my experience my learnings and i hope this conversation helps people the way we intended as yes, i do and for anyone who is listening please write us write to us and tell us if it is uh, helping you all our handles mine and sneha's and all of the other things that we yes. said we link it will be all there we'll link it in the show notes but thank you so much thank you so much jena